Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Game preview show. I'm really excited. 49ers versus New York Giants on Thursday night. It's going to be spectacular. The 49ers home opener in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. And the Giants uh, played the Arizona Cardinals, so they've been out here on the West Coast. So now they're going to travel further West Coast to play the 49ers. And this is always an interesting matchup. There's so much history between these two franchises. Uh, just the, the big-time playoff games, the Super Bowl wins after eliminating the other from the playoffs. This has been a rivalry that's went back a long ways. And the 49ers get to somewhat renew that. And the New York Giants are a very good football team. Uh, last year, they showed that they got some extreme talent and a really, really good head coach. Uh, Brian Dabble's a very good head coach. 
and he puts them in position to win a lot of football games. And ultimately, that's what you're looking for. It's just an opportunity. Yes, they had a week one debacle against the Dallas Cowboys at home, uh, but they went down to Arizona, and even though they got off to a rough start, got things turned around, figured it out, and won the football game. And it's not exactly how you start, but how you finish these games. So I think when we're looking at the Giants, let's kind of take week one out of it and say maybe that was not who this team is. And I think the Fortinaires approach every single week with this is a 0-0 type situation. Nobody has won. Nobody's lost. Let's go out there. Let's play these guys like they're the best team in the league. I think that's always the best approach, and that's why you take it one game at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself. And in this one, uh, the Giants got some talent. They got talent at several different positions. And when you're just taking a glimpse at their roster, you see a, a team that has uh, normally a really good running game. And this is going to be one of the questions. I know Brian Dabble hasn't been willing to say Saquon Barkley's officially out, but it is trending in the wrong direction for Saquon. Saquon dealing with an injured ankle, uh, a sprained ankle, which could hold him out one to three weeks. A quick turnaround on Thursday. I think this is gamesmanship by Brian Dabble to make the 49ers believe Saquon Barkley could play, saying he's a quick healer, not really buying into it. But with that being said, the 49ers always have to prepare for uh, the you know the best case scenario for the Giants or the worst case scenario for the 49ers that Saquon plays. And in that case, how limited would he be in, if he's still dealing with an ankle injury? Of course, you can tape things up. And with lower ankle injuries, you can go out there and play. But at running back, you're playing one of the most significant positions in which you have to drive off that leg for your jump cuts, uh, to be able to get vertical in, in the run game, to run your pass routes. It could severely limit Saquon Barkley's effectiveness, especially since he's going to be going against a defense that has two of the best linebackers in the entire league with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. So the likelihood is the 49ers aren't going to be seeing Saquon Barkley of course, like I said, until he's officially out, I always leave the door open for that to be the case. So what does that mean for them at the running back position? Well, they turn to former 49er Matt Breida. So Matt Breida, the cheetah, has tremendous speed. He's a legit 4-3 explosive. If he gets out on the open, he is gone. There's he can, He's one of those guys that can break you, uh, break your angles, even if you're a third-level defender. So Tao Fonga, Tayshawn Gibson, if he gets to them, it's over. Lights out. He's gone. Matt Breida hasn't had the same amount of success since he left San Francisco. In 2019, people were looking at him as a bona fide number one running back in this league. After he's traded, he's been kind of bouncing around different teams from Dolphins uh, to Giants. He, he just hasn't really been able to get the footing he had in San Francisco where he fit very nice in the Kyle Shanahan's outside zone scheme. So the 49ers know what Matt Breed is. He's still dangerous. He is one missed play, one bad angle away from taking to the house. Uh, he can also catch the ball in the backfield. The one thing that Matt Breida does, though, that is a negative, is he puts the ball on the ground. Fumble issues always follow Matt Breida. So the 49ers definitely will be going after the football when he's carrying. Look for Dre Greenlaw to be punching, uh, throwing his Iron Mike Tyson-type uh, Throw, uh, punches at the ball, trying to get it out. And that'll be something to watch because turnovers always play a big part in every single win and loss in the NFL. They're not just dealing with injuries, though, at the running back position. They're dealing with injuries other places as well, including the offensive line. Andrew Thomas, 
Their starting left tackle has been dealing with a hamstring. It kept him out uh, last week against Arizona, and he's maybe going to play. This is one of those iffies with a hamstring. So if he doesn't play, uh, last week they went with Joshua Azudu. He played left tackle, and so they might have a backup left tackle. That's got to make you think that guys like Nick Bosa and uh, Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, got to be somewhat licking their chops like, oh, we got a backup. But it's not just that. Left guard Ben Bredesen is also dealing with a concussion. So we don't know what the likelihood is of him being able to play the game on Thursday. That's all up in the air. If he doesn't play, it'll probably be Shane Lemieux that takes that role for him. Uh, so the 49ers could be going against a little bit of a makeshift offensive line for the New York Giants. That could play big dividends for the 49ers pass rush and overall just defensive line stopping the run because now the run game takes on a completely different form. If it's Saquon Barkley, you have to worry about everything. He can do everything. Uh, with Matt Breed, it's a little bit different. So I think it does change up the game, but also it changes up uh, the, the reads in the read option. And Daniel Jones is very effective in the read option. I think a lot of his, his effectiveness is tied to Saquon Barkley because you have to respect Saquon getting the football. Uh, but as soon as that defensive end crashes, Daniel Jones is very good about making the right read and then getting up the field and getting positive yardage. The 49ers have struggled in the past against read option type quarterbacks. They will crash, and then the linebacker or defensive back won't always be there. So the 49ers are going to be tasked with making sure they make the right reads in this game. Do not allow Daniel Jones to add to this run game. The 49ers can slow up Matt Breida, but if you're running an outside zone uh, one way with that quick speed, you have to make sure you fill those holes all the while deciding what you're going to do on the back end. If you decide that you're going to crash your defensive end down to take away that run game and that cutback, then what you have to do is make sure you have somebody accounting for Daniel Jones in space. And if you do, if that is Drake Greenlaw, that's Fred Warner, or if that's Isaiah Oliver, the nickel corner, maybe some cases Tauno Ufonga, you have to make sure you make the tackle. Last, last year during the playoffs, first round wild card matchup against Seattle, Geno Smith tried to run the read option. 49ers crashed, and Tayshawn Gibson made a tackle for no gain. Those are the types of plays the 49ers are going to have to prove they could make in this game because Jones' legs are a threat to the 49ers, especially with all the question marks surrounding the Giants' offensive line. It's going to be important for the Giants to establish a run game. If they had Saquon, this would be a different matchup, and maybe they will. Maybe will they'll have a limited Saquon. Don't know that as of now, but definitely a you know a little bit of some problems along the offensive line and overall run game uh, for the Giants. So let's get into this. Let's talk about some of the matchups. And one of my key matchups this week is actually not involving the offensive line. Normally, I get into uh, offensive line as you know one of the the real matchups, uh, but this one. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense on third down. So third down effectiveness is very important in winning football games in the NFL. I talk about this every single week. And the 49ers third down offense has been subpar through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, last week, they were two of seven. Uh, the week before that, they were six of 13. So they have definitely fell below the threshold at which they played it last year. Last year, they were around 45% in third down conversion rate. 
That's really good. That's top six, seven in the entire league. This year, though, they're sitting at 36% right now. 36% is not good enough for this 49ers offense. They have too many weapons, too much talent to be able to not get their rate on third down up. So what do the Giants do as far as defense? They give up third down conversions at a 43% rate. So the 49ers right now are playing below that rate that the defense allows. So I think the 49ers need to up their rate. They need to give it a, get it above 40% for this game. And that means Brock Purdy leading some of these third down conversions. He's normally been very, very good on third down. He was great in 2022, but we haven't seen those conversions happen as effortlessly this season. So Brock Purdy and the 49ers are going to have to execute on third down and make sure that they can move the sticks. Uh, long drives are going to be very important in this game because you're coming off a short week. You want to keep your defense fresh. You want to keep them on the sideline and you want to take advantage of moving the sticks. A run game is very important. Staying in front of the sticks and having on-time plays on first and second down. That means getting four yards on first down, getting five yards on second down and forcing third and ones. Those that are very high percentage conversions. Those are what you have to do. The problem with the 49ers this year has been a lot of their drives have been stopped by penalties, whether that is a alignment issue where they cover up a receiver in a legal formation or even holding calls. Uh, so the 49ers need to make sure they clean up the holding calls and don't suffer those negative plays that make them be behind the sticks. That will help their conversion rate big time. But this week, especially, make sure you don't give opportunities to the New York Giants pass rush on third and long. Because even though they don't have all the big names on the outside that you're expecting. Now, Thibodeau is still a big name. Uh, but I'm talking about, you know, that the, we've seen TJ Watt. Uh, we've seen Alex Highsmith this year already. But they got a really good interior defensive line. Sean Robinson, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. Uh, all those guys have the ability to win in inside. And that's going to be a tough task for 49ers offensive line. Making sure they can handle these guys. This is the... This is the type of matchup they were seeing against Pittsburgh when they had out there uh, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Keanu Benton. Very good defensive line, very good front. That tested the 49ers in a big way. The one difference is, yes, they got Thibodeau on the outside. He's going to play a big part in Colton McKivitt's success. The problem is on the other side, we don't know if we're going to get to if we're going to see Aziz Ojolari, the speed rusher, coming off the outside. If he is there. Uh, we know Trent Williams can handle business. So whichever side they decide to put, or whoever they decide to put on Trent Williams, it's going to be a long day for them. So the attention is going to be on McGlinchey, probably versus Thibodeau, and let's see how he handles going against a good pass rusher and how Colton McKivitz has learned, developed, and continued to get better as a uh, offensive tackle because he did a very good job against the Rams, but this is a more talented edge uh, coming from the New York Giants and the Rams had. So uh, we'll see what Colton McKivitz can do, and we'll see how Spencer Burford, Jake Brendel, and Aaron Banks hold up against this interior defensive line for the Giants. Can they move them in the run game? Can they hold up in the passing game? It's going to be important. Aaron Banks has played so good this year. 65 pass reps, no hurries, no sacks. So he's playing at a very high level. Spencer Burford improved from week one against Pittsburgh, but you got to make sure you consistently get better. So he's got to stack reps this week 
And if he does, uh, then I think the 49ers will start to feel comfortable about that right side. But uh, this is a test, and he's going to have a huge test in a couple weeks when the Dallas Cowboys come to town. So the 49ers are going to have to figure this out. But I think this is one of those things that if they can can figure out how to could convert consistently on third down and get their number up closer to what the Rams are doing. The Rams are converting at over 50% right now uh, on third down. If you can do that because you're staying ahead of the sticks and you can institute long drives that you have an opportunity to be a, not just a good offense like the 49ers are right now, but an absolutely elite caliber offense. This is one of the missing categories that they haven't yet checked the box of. Of course, the vertical passing game, where Brock Purdy still got to get the ball consistently down the field, 20-plus yards. Uh, that's one. And then also third-down conversions is the other. If they get those two down, the 49ers become an elite offense and an offense that every single defense struggles to stop in this league. That's how close they are. A couple more boxes to be checked, and they're there. The good news was the offensive line gave Brock Purdy enough time to throw those vertical passes. Sometimes a little bit close, but they did give him enough time. And that's always a big question mark when you're talking about offensive line play in this league. Because really, it's not easy uh, to find good offensive linemen. 49ers traded for Trey Williams and the rest they've been drafting and developing, minus Brendel, who they got off a you know the scrap heap, basically. So the 49ers are doing a good job of drafting and developing. And those guys continue to grow. So that way, when we get to the end of the season, they're playing at a really, really good level. I think that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing. Now, as far as defensive matchup, it's going to be 49ers defensive line versus that makeshift Giants offensive line. Uh, that's just a key matchup in this game because when you go up and down the roster, you start seeing matchups that the 49ers would definitely like to take advantage of. You know, the question marks about left tackle mean uh, Bosa can get there. But we've seen the Rams go with literally keeping seven guys in the block, a max protect type situation, and double teaming Bosa, double teaming Armstead, double teaming um, Hargrave, and then letting Cleveland Farrell or Drake Jackson go one-on-one. -on -one. Is that what the Giants try to do here? I think the Giants are going to try to establish a run game. I think they'll try to get the ball out quickly the same way Matthew Stafford did. I just don't know if Daniel Jones can be as effective against the 49ers zone coverage as Matthew Stafford was. Stafford was putting on a masterclass early on in that game about recognizing what the defense was giving him and then taking it. No matter how far down the field it was, three yards, seven yards, 10 yards, it didn't matter. It was drop back, locate the open receiver because of coverage and get the ball out in time. And it didn't allow the defensive line to be, to be able to get there. It negated their effectiveness and it negated the effectiveness of the secondary because they normally have more time to drive on the football when the quarterback is not hitting like the way Matthew Stafford was. Stafford's accuracy, his use of arm angles, uh, and then Sean McVay's unique play calling and their unique different style of way they ran the football in this game uh, was definitely something that kept the 49ers a little bit off guard early. I don't know how much the New York Giants are going to be able to game plan for the 49ers defense. When they get to these short weeks, it's a little bit different how extensive the game plan is and how much new you can throw in there. So how will they protect this 40, this offensive line for the Giants against the 49ers pass rush? I think is going to be interesting. 
Normally, you would say you want to run the ball consistently. That always helps negate a pass rush. But with Saquon Barkley question marks, how effective will Matt Breida and Daniel Jones be running the football? I think that's a question, number one, that has to be answered. And then uh, number two, you know, can you run screens? You know, can you be effective running bubble screens and and uh, halfback screens and tight end screens? I think those are other question marks that we'll have to see because with the amount of aggressiveness that the 49ers defense displays and the amount of blitzing that Steve Wilkes did in the second half, you would think those are types of plays that Brian Dabble will try to take advantage of to somewhat negate that pass rush. That's going to be a huge pivotal part of this game. Can the Giants get the ball out quickly and negate the 49ers pass rush? If not, Daniel Jones is probably going to end up on the ground a lot. He's already taken 10 sacks this season, seven coming against Dallas, three coming against the Arizona Cardinals. That's not a recipe for success. Uh, so I think that the, the 49ers need to continue to bring the heat in the pass rush department, and I think they have some opportunities. How Dabble goes about attacking it, it's going to be something to watch and, and, and just see because you got to think the way the 49ers run games up front, the push they get. I mean, you got Javon Kinlaw. He has six hurries on the season already. Kinlaw's playing at a pretty high level. I, I think the 49ers are going to get home on some of these, and I think the the, the loss of Saquon Barkley – could play huge dividends in this game. So the 49ers definitely got work to do along that defensive line as far as getting home, but this could be the the game where the 49ers defensive line really establishes themselves because so far it, it feels like they haven't met expectations. I know Drake Jackson had three sacks in week one. Hargrave had a sack. Uh, they had a linebacker have a sack as well, but... This last week, the defensive line just wasn't able to get home, and a lot of people criticizing them. It's not really the defensive line's fault, that's for sure. Another key in this game, and I, I always like to talk about it, is the turnover battle. Right now, the San Francisco 49ers are plus three in turnovers. Uh, the 49ers have created four turnovers on the season, four interceptions by four different players. Uh, you got Talado Hufanga with an interception, Isaiah Oliver, Diameter Lenore, and Charvarius Ward. So the only starter that doesn't have an interception in the secondary right now is Tashawn Gibson, and he almost had one against the Rams. He had to go off his fingertips. But that's it. The 49ers had two other plays that could have had interceptions against Matthew Stafford. The Tashawn Gibson, potential interception down the field. And Dre Greenlaw almost had an interception when he was covering a tight end. Hit him right in the breadbasket, and he lost it. Fred also in week one had an interception he should have had. So... 49ers are getting opportunities, taking advantage of most. The fact they've only turned over the ball once on offense lets you have that differential of plus three. The Giants, on the other hand, are, are minus four. Uh, so they've created one turnover, and they've had five turnovers on the season. Daniel Jones with three. One of the Giants fans uh, came into chat and let me know, hey, two of those interceptions, not on Daniel Jones. They bounced off of Saquon Barkley's hands. Those should have not counted against Daniel Jones. And I always like when people tell me that because I am not able to watch every single play that the Giants have ran so far. So, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes those types of things can skew uh, what a quarterback stat line looks like. So we'll take that into account. But they are turning over the football at a higher rate than the 49ers, and they're not creating turnovers. So with all things, if you take care of the football and you don't turn over the ball, and then you play really good on third down, you have opportunities to win the game. So 
I'm extremely excited about you know this this matchup for the 49ers, and I'm looking forward to getting in to some bold predictions. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. It's really bold. Whoa. Uh, so in week one, I gave a prediction on offense. I gave a prediction on defense, and I went 2-0. Uh, last week, I stepped it up. I gave two offensive predictions, two defensive predictions, and I went 2-2. Two and two. Uh, So I'm going to keep it going with two predictions for the offense and two predictions for the defense. And I like them bold. I don't like them too crazy because I want to see if they'll come true. But just after watching film, breaking down how each team goes about it, and then just kind of trying to figure out how the 49ers project their offensive scheme. I try to come up with these predictions. Uh, last week, I thought Brock Purdy was going to have some effectiveness throwing the football or touchdowns. The opportunities were there. The execution wasn't there. So he didn't have three touchdowns, like I said. Uh, but, you know, they still, Colt McKivis had no sacks, so I got that one right. And then on defense, I had 49ers creating two turnovers, uh, two interceptions, with Demo Lenore having an interception, that came uh, crazy true. But I didn't have the 49ers. I had the 49ers keeping Rams under 35% on third down. That was not true. They got 50%. So let's get to these offensive, wow, that's bold predictions. I have Elijah Mitchell. That's right. You heard it. You heard it here first. Elijah Mitchell is going to run for a touchdown in this game. Wasn't even played last week against the Rams. He's playing this week, and when they get into the red zone, he's going to have effectiveness. I think Elijah Mitchell is going to get a running touchdown in this game. And I'm not done there because another guy who hasn't had a touchdown yet this season, George Kittle, is going to score a touchdown as well. I've got touchdown coming from Elijah Mitchell. I've got touchdown coming from George Kittle. Uh, so those are my offensive wow, that's bold predictions. Over on defense, I have Nick Bosa is going to get his first sack of the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him 
get more than one sack, but I think the first one happens here, and Nick Bosa gets on the board. And then I think the 49ers continue the trend and force two more turnovers, two in the first game, two in the second game, and I think two-plus are, are possible in this game, but I'm going to stick with two. I think between Daniel Jones and then Matt Breida, there's going to be opportunities to get the ball on the ground. So those are my wow, that's bold predictions. And you were talking about opportunities, and this is an opportunity for Talano Ufonga. Talano Ufonga last year, when he matched up with Darren Waller versus the Las Vegas Raiders, he really struggled. Struggled. Waller had a one-on-one situation with Ufonga, and he beat him for a touchdown. And we just had dirty eyes from Ufonga. And after that, Hufanga responded. But now he gets that rematch. And this is an interesting one, a very athletic, very talented tight end. And that's going to be a safety blanket um, for Daniel Jones in this game. So Hufanga matching up with um, Waller is going to be an interesting one to watch. So keep an eye on that matchup, how Steve Wilkes goes about handling Waller. If he's good with Hufanga handling it, Fred handling it. I think it'll be a combination of a few things. It'll be a combination of Talano Ufonga, Tashawn Gibson, and Fred Warner handling, but Dre Greenlaw could do it too. So uh, this is why they brought in Isaiah Oliver. Will you see Isaiah Oliver on Waller? Maybe. Uh, It's interesting, but that is always something to watch when you're talking about the weapons of the New York Giants. I think it starts with Waller once Saquon Barkley's gone. Uh, They do have a good wide receiver room, a lot of fast guys who can run you know, good routes, Darius Slayton, uh, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, the speedster, uh, be be weary of that, and then Sterling Shepard. Uh, so they got a good wide receiver room. These guys know how to run good routes. They know how to get open. That will put some stress on Traverius Ward and Diameter Lenore and Isaiah Oliver, of course. But will Daniel Jones have the time to get rid of the football, and will he be able to handle uh, and be as effective as Matthew Stafford was in the game plan for the Rams. I don't think so. I think the run game hurts. Uh, and that's why I'm ready to give my score prediction here. Uh, populate the comment section with your score prediction. If you're a Giants fan and you're watching, let me know what you think the Giants are going to win by. I say this every time. I don't expect you to pick against your football team. Just like I know people don't expect me to pick the 49ers to lose. Uh, but with all things, I want to see what your perspective is on it. But I think the 49ers are going to handle business in this game. With it being a Thursday, a quick turnaround, I think the Giants are going to have some effectiveness on offense here and there. But I think the San Francisco 49ers uh, go over 30 points again. The Giants are giving up 34 points per game right now. They gave up 40 to Dallas. They gave up 28 to Arizona. And I think they give up 34 to the San Francisco 49ers, who turned to a run game in the second half to somewhat... Uh, in this game quickly and get on to the next matchup. They're mini by so 34 49ers, 20 New York Giants, and I think some of the some of the fourth quarter, the 49ers put in some of their backups and the Giants score a late touchdown. I wouldn't be shocked to see it 34-13 Giants score late. So I think the 49ers handle their business in this game. I think the run game becomes effective with McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. I think George Kittle and Debo Samuel are problems in the middle of the field and they make plays, and the offense clicks at a pretty high rate with Brock Purdy elevating that third down conversion rate too close to their last year season average, 45% uh, for that. I think the 49ers won't turn over the ball. I think the Giants will, and that's why it's a recipe for a win for the San Francisco 49ers. So game is almost here. Can't wait. Like always, like, subscribe to the channel, 
If you're listening on an audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe. Give it a five-star rating. I'd really appreciate that so much. And if you're going to be watching the game, but you don't want to listen to the commentary that they provide, come over and listen to me and Mark Adams over on the PSF app. It's available on the Google Play Store and on Apple. Download the app. Join us, and we'll be giving commentary on there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it on the last game against the Rams. So come on over and check it out. Uh, but until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.